I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. <laughs> Close your eyes. Don't look oh at it. Oh, my God. And just like that, AK is on set point here to eliminate Korea from the tournament. AK moving on to stay alive in this bracket. Parang manakas tong kalaban natin. Parang nakakontrol deck siya. Ang ibig sabihin nun, parang tinatry niyang ubusin lahat ng minions natin. So, Oo nga eh. Medyo delikado. Ano, pinapapili niya ba ako? Pag- I'm Camille Elamia. And this is Teka Teka Explains. In this episode, I'll take you inside the exciting world of esports, which is expected to become a multi-billion dollar industry in the country by 2025. And we'll get to know some of the athletes, managers, and movers that have made it big. Growing up, millennials and Gen Zers were exposed to different games. Who doesn't know the quintessential Super Mario and Street Fighter, right? Back then, games like Final Fantasy, Ragnarok, and Counter-Strike were played on arcades and consoles, PlayStation, Nintendo Family Computer, and later on, personal computers. In the 2000s, computer shops sprouted all over the country, especially where people could not afford computers. These are usually small, 5 to 15-seater shops, where kids sat elbow to elbow in a mostly unair-conditioned, dimly lit area. They ate instant noodles and soda while paying a few pesos for every hour, playing their favorite games. Then, enter smartphones, which gave anytime, anywhere access to content and entertainment. Now, people can play on their mobile phones, no strict need to buy consoles, which could cost an arm and a leg for some. And that ushered in the golden era for esports. There are over 43 million active gamers in the Philippines, growing steadily by almost 13% yearly since 2017. That's according to YCP Solidians, an Asia-focused management consulting firm. The country's most played game, Mobile Legends, reached a peak of 2.65 million active users daily in April 2019. That was before the pandemic. So, imagine how much more gaming and esports grew back in 2020. To put it simply, think of esports as any other conventional sport, say basketball, Filipinas' favorite, and the premier local league, PBA. Esports just has a different platform for competition. Hi, my name is Ren Vitug. I'm the commissioner of the Nationals. I'm also affiliated with PESO the recognized National Sports Association in the Philippines. Esports and gaming, I think there's a fine line between them. It can be similar to people playing basketball professionally and playing in your barangay multipurpose hall. They're similar in a way that they're both playing basketball, but people playing competitively, let's say in the PBA or elsewhere, 
is very different to how people treat it when they're playing it or doing basketball as a hobby. Lang. One of the better perspective and one of the better ways to look at it is to see gaming as entertainment and esports as a sport. Hi, my name is Gia D. I'm a freelance esports commentator or caster, mainly for Hearthstone. Esports is competitive video gaming. So if there is professional sports for things like basketball, football, etc., there's also professional leagues and competitions for video games. Don't confuse esports too with e-games, like online sabong and casinos which are regulated by the Philippine Amusement and Gaming Corporation, or PAGCOR. Esports has different game genres. There's the multiplayer online battle arena like Mobile Legends, first-person shooter, FPS such as Counter-Strike, fighting such as Tekken, and card games just like what Gia plays, Hearthstone. With over 43 million gamers in the country, it is no surprise the esports industry has grown to be a huge industry. While much of the attention goes to players, there are other numerous actors in this booming ecosystem. Trainers, coaches, analysts, statisticians, casters, marketers, advertisers, and managers. My name is Chavez Coutin. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Brand Pro Inc. So basically, we own Brand Esports, the professional esports team. So I handle day-to-day operations of the business and basically decide on the direction and operations of our uh, different teams. So how did esports get to this point? So with the advent of better cell phones and better internet signal for everybody and much cheaper data packages, the general population is able to compete with each other without being physically with each other. So all of these online competitive titles have started popping up here in the Philippines. So it enabled you know, mass adoption at an exponential rate compared to five years ago. And then there's the democratic nature of esports. After all, unlike traditional sports, here there are no physical limits such as height and weight restrictions. Here's Ren Vitog again. You're not necessarily burdened by physical limitations that people basically feel that if they watch something, maybe I can do that. It doesn't really apply to other sports, right? Because if I watch basketball right now, it's hard to think I can do what Giannis can do in basketball or what Magnus can do in chess, what Novak can do in tennis and so on. With millions of Filipinos playing and watching these games, advertisers and sponsors were sure to follow. Because it's a twofold factor of maraming players at maraming spectators. Diba? Since maraming players at spectators, if you look at the leagues, meron na sila mga manager, meron may mga sponsor, and to some extent, may mga support na LGU or government, may mga price, and scale, because maraming players ngayon, that's what's happening to gaming and esports. That's why it's, it's booming and growing the past decade. It even became an official sport for the 2019 Southeast Asian or Sea Games, hosted by the Philippines. Let the games begin! The first time ever for esports to be officially included in a major sporting event. Gia D was the lone female athlete in the Philippine esports team, Team Seaball in the Sea Games. 
She says preparing for esports tournament is just like training for conventional sports. It's similar in the fact that we had scheduled training, we did a lot of media, and on the day itself, we competed representing the country. That was the first time that esports was ever included in Olympic scale event with actual medals being awarded. There was esports featured at the Asian Games the year prior, but it was a demonstration event. Thus, hindi counted sa actual medal tali yung esports at the time. May designated venue talaga for esports, so it's not just like a small cramped room. You could imagine it as like a concert venue type, yung itsuranya with bleachers ganon. There are generally computers there set up or cell phones because some of the other games featured were mobile games. Gia's career in esports was, to say the least, surprising. A member of a political and influential family, she neither planned nor expected to join the world of esports. All she wanted was to play games as a hobby. She graduated from the Philippine Science High School and the University of the Philippines Diliman, majoring in molecular biology and biotechnology. She was intent on exploring a career in the academe, focusing on, yes, genetics and research. Started out as a hobby. In college, I would go every week to a board game cafe where they would hold local tournaments for the game that I like, which is Hearthstone, which I just also started as a hobby. Thus, eventually, I got an opportunity to commentate for one of the local tournaments instead of just playing. And may tao dun na taga ESL, which is an esports organization. And they invited me to cast a bigger event. One thing led to another. Up until siguro third year, fourth year, iniisip ko pa na magmasters ako. PhD and just go into the academe. But a combination of being burnt out with the studies and realizing that research is not really where my passion is, and also just realizing that I can make a career out of esports led me to change my path. Hey everyone, and welcome to another week of Mullet Over. This time, we turn our focus to one of the staple archetypes of the current meta Secret Rogue. Though the version with Cult Neophyte remains the most popular, last week in GM saw the introduction of a version with Underbelly Fence. Whether you play Vendetta, and the amount of secrets may vary from list to list, but the core strength of the archetype lies in its value engine and the ability to build up huge minions. Unlike Gia, AK started joining competitions at a very young age. From holding his first console at 4 years old, he joined local and international tournaments at 9 years old, eventually becoming a pro at 14. At 21, he's now the best Tekken player in the Philippines. I'm Musician vs. AK. We did see this matchup happen kind of recently. At, at Red, Red Major, Major, yeah. It, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting about what that. happened? It and did not go well it, it for AK. Not, he, yeah, he got tossed. But it was he bad. did not have Akuma. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this is even better for him. I feel like Akuma fits his play style so well. Mm. Right. Yes, because yes. he's already gone two sets with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here we go. My name is Alexander Gabriel Olaveras. My in-game name is PBAK. I'm 21 years old and I'm from Playbook Esports. Nag-start po ako mag-Tekken noong 4 years old ako. So, nag-introduce po sa akin nun is yung tito ko. Naglalaro po siya, tapos nakita ko na naglalaro rin siya. So, syempre, pagbata ka, maano ka na, uy, laro. So, naglaro rin po ako. Tapos yun, siya na po yung nagturo sa akin ng mga combos, ng mga galaw. And eventually, pupunta kami sa mga malls. Tapos, iniiwan ako dun sa mga 
arcades para maglaro. And one time, parang nangyari is, akala nila nawawala ko. So, syempre, nag-worry yung lola ko na, yun, ginalaan pong asad po ko. Tapos, nung naisip ng tito ko na baka nandun lang naglalaro sa, sa Tom's World pa po yun, eh, sa may Harrison Plaza, pinuntahan po nila ako. Tapos, nakita nila na nandun nga, nakapila yung mga players, tapos ako rin naglalaro. Tapos, ayun, natuwa po sila. And, dun po siguro nila nakita na may skills ako. Yung parents ko natuwa and sinuporta na po ako hanggang dulo na. Waking up early to attend school, traveling to different places and countries, and then competing. That was AK's life for a while. Luckily, his school was supportive of him. But after graduating from senior high school in 2018, AK decided to stop schooling and not pursue college to help with his family's needs. After po nung senior high, dapat po hindi na ako mag-aaral. <laughs> kasi bala ko na po nung maghanap ng work. Yung budget po kasi maliit. So, mahirap po yung, mahirap yung life, in short. <laughs> so, inisip ko po na mag-work na lang kaysa mag-aaral. He stopped for a year. Then, he made it to the national team for SEA Games, where he brought home not only a silver medal, but a ticket to a college degree. Eh, similarity po sa esports, yung SEA Games na nagka-silver medal po. Binigyan po kami ng ano, ng smart ng reward, 500,000 sa silver medal, 1 million para sa gold. Eh, silver medal po nakuha ko, so binigyan po nila ako ng 500,000. So, nasecure ko na po yung college ko, kaya ngayon nag-aaral din po ako sa college. So, yun po yung pinambabayad sa tuition ko sa college. Sunod-sunod yung blessings na dumating. So, may mga tournaments na nananalo. May mga sponsors, may mga sweldo, may mga guestings. And dun po sa mga sinabi ko, may mga binibigay po sa aking money. Parang salary po or ano, compensation, parang ganun po. So yung nakukuha ko pong ganun na mga benefits, binibigay ko po sa family ko. So sila po yung naghahawak na money. So ang ginagawa po nila, pinagawa nila yung bahay namin, pinaganda po nila yung rooms. Yun po yung mga natulong ko sa family ko. So may second floor na po kami, yung ganun. <laughs> How does one become a GIA or an AK? It is a cutthroat industry where new games, gamers, athletes go in and out. It is not enough that you're good. You have to be the best. You also have to have a clout or a following. The game you're playing now may be gone tomorrow. So too, your career and your income. It's a very competitive space. Parang, I would say I can compare it to somebody trying to get into ABS-CBN. So, sobrang dami ng mga nag-feeling artista, mga ganyan, di ba? Pero not all of them can garner enough fans or uh, viewers. So, ganun din. So, parang kami, if you don't have enough viewers, definitely you don't fit our need, di ba? So, parang ganun din yung challenge din sa may space na yan. If you want to be a content creator, you have to have content that's watchable for your fans. So, kunyari, We don't necessarily need you to change who you are or the way you look if your fans agree with that. That was Jab Escutin, the CEO of Brand Esports. He says recruiting esports athletes also boils down to data, much like in other sports and teams. Siyempre, pag malaki yung demand, and siyempre malaki din yung kinikita nila, for sure everybody wants to get into it. So that's why, you know, scouting processes are data-driven because we want to get the best players that are best fit for our team and what our goals are, especially their performance, has to be very, very good. 
Skill, not age or physical attributes, is the primary consideration. This explains why a 9-year-old kid can join competitions. And why a 14-year-old kid like AK can already turn pro and earn thousands of dollars. These are kids that actually have a lot of potential. They join a lot of tournaments and then we see their numbers. We actually decide on recruiting them before we even know the age. We see all their stats. We see all of their performance in the tournaments. It's just a game profile name. It's not really a real person's name na makikita namin kagad. So sometimes we scout them or look for them based on the stats that we need. By the time na malaman namin, kunwari, let's say, oh, 16 years old pa lang siya, okay. Oh, that's the time we invite the parents. That's the time we, you know, get their interest and see if there's something possible we can work on. Like any other pro athletes, esports athletes also undergo training. And contrary to popular belief, they don't play video games 24-7. Gone are those days when one has to spend the whole day playing games to become an expert. Brand Esports has a one-of-a-kind training facility in Makati with training rooms, coaches, and gym. Entering it makes you feel legit. Once you go into the HQ, you immediately feel that they are professionals. So that's what we wanted to do with our esports players. So when they enter the esports training facility, they would see that it's a professional setting. Immediately, they would feel like that they are professionals. I say usually in the Philippines, ang setup ng isang esports team right now for the other teams is that they would rent a house. Tapos that's where they would eat, that's where they would train, that's where they would sleep and do everything else. So it's very hard for athletes to actually feel like they are professionals. Our main goal usually is when we started the company is to provide you know a structure for all our esports athletes because we believe that you know with the proper structure and training we can develop uh, the best esports players in the world. The Filipinos can be that. So, because we noticed that you know starting ten years ago. There were a lot of Filipino esports players that were supposed to be successful. The only problem is nobody was giving them the proper structure to train properly. There was no way for them to develop their skills further because basically it's non-existent. There was nothing to follow. Nobody was guiding them properly. Now, managers and coaches take a holistic approach. Mental, physical, and in the case of minor players... You guessed it right, tutoring. Some teams also have a dedicated chef, cook, or dietitian to keep their athletes in fighting form. Mental health has also been a key focus lately. In fact, teams have their own psychiatrist or sports psychologist. Mental health is also part of you know, physical well-being. The, the only way you can ensure that the players are physically fit in playing the games is more on fingers. But... Mental health also plays a part in that because they have to process a lot of information while they're playing the games. There's strategy involved in it, there's timing with their teammates and all that stuff, coordination. The pressure on these athletes is no joke. They have to deliver eyeballs, victories, and even content to please the fans, the sponsors, and of course, to win the coveted prize money. Siyempre, nakaka-pressure po siya. Kasi kailangan kong maka-innovate sa laro ko. Kailangan meron ako laging bago. 
knowing na yung mga ano po mga players din inaaral yung games yung paglalaro ko so hindi pwedeng paulit-ulit nakaka-pressure po yun tsaka yung pag natatalo ka sa tournaments and kailangan mo manalo nga nakaka-pressure din po yun inahandle ko siya in a way na parang hindi ko na siya iniisip na kailangan ko manalo basta maglalaro ko With the continued rise of esports, several questions have been raised. Are we promoting a bad habit and unrealistic career path for the youth? Are we teaching our kids to ditch school for games? Parents are right to be concerned to a certain extent because I don't think it would have been positive for my education if I did nothing but game from a very young age. I mean, gaming has always been my hobby and I'm super thankful to my parents that they allowed me to do that. But I don't think you can realistically say, I'm gonna stop school, I'm gonna game and try to make a career out of it. Not everybody can do that. That is, may inang mga ganon, but it's definitely not the majority. This is a dream job for so many people. The competition is fierce, so I would recommend finding a healthy balance if you're still looking at it as an option that you can study and also play games on the side as a hobby. Are you encouraging them to stop school or at least continue their professional esports career? Mga ganon. Because it's not really, you know, it's not one or the other. For us, because it can be both. It's not anti-school. The skills that you learn here professionalizes you. Eh. So it's kind of like school, but not really school. Para sa OJT, yun yung tingin ko dali. For AK, who practically grew up in the gaming world, he sees spending his entire life in esports. But he himself knows the risks of the career he chose, much like in video games. He says you should always have a backup. He's now a sophomore business management student at the College of Saint Benilde. Dapat lagi kang may backup, parang sa ML. Nyaare may first skill ka, so pag ginamit mo yon, sure di mo na ulit pa ding gamitin. Dapat may second skill ka, so pag may second skill ka, ginamit mo na rin. Dapat may third skill ka. Taken den, parang sa taken den, merong kang three rounds, so sa first round mo. Yun yung first na gusto mong gawin. Second round mo, backup mo. Third round mo, backup mo ulit. Yun yung tinatawag ko na education. Kaya nag-aral din po. So, kung yung Tekken mawalaman or yung mga esports na nilalaro ko mawalaman, meron akong backup na education para makahabol ako ulit. In the Philippines, esports is regulated by the Games and Amusements Board. Over the past year, it's been busy cracking down on tournaments that were hosted in-country without a permit. It's also gearing up to begin allowing in-person esports events once more, after a long hiatus due to the pandemic. Here's Baham Mitra, the chairman of GAB, in an interview on One News. I remember si Lebron James was interviewed. Eh? Are you going yeah. to play without the fans? Sabi niya, no way. I play for the fans. Yes. But of course, that's what happened in Las Vegas. Walang fans. Ngayon, kita mo naman, uh, Staples Center, parating puno pagka naglalaro sila. And so, ang Pilipinas ay naghahanda na rin po para dyan. Sa ngayon po, nagme-meeting ang GAB, DOH, of course, PSC, kasama dyan, uh, gumagawa ng mga guidelines kung paano. Uh, for example, uh, pwedeng uh, one or two seats apart or uh, 30% capacity or maximum of 50% capacity. Parang sinihan lang yan. Eh. Yes. Bukas na yung sinihan. Bakit yung Araneta Coliseum, yung, yung uh, SM na, na, na laruan, oh, wow. yung ano, Mall of Asia, ano ba yeah. Eh, bakit hindi pa nakakapanood? Parang gano'n. So, inaabangan na po, malapit na rin yan. Siguro in about a month's time, meron na yan, ano? 
From kids in their pambahays pumping quarters at the local arcade to professional athletes competing for millions of dollars in a glitzy arena, esports has well and truly arrived in the Philippines. Again, I'm Camille Elemia. You've been listening to Teka Teka Explains. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano and produced by Kat Ventura. Follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. 